Well, hey, everybody. Storytelling podcast for Christmas. And we're in the middle of a story, a warm story for a cold city. So you want to go back and listen to part one if you haven't already done so. Today is part two in a story I originally wrote years ago called A Warm Story for a, a Cold City. This is part two. On Christmas morning, the children awoke us by stomping on the floor above. They had been strictly charged to stay upstairs in, in the morning until they were called down. They awakened at dawn and occupied themselves by watching the beautiful birds flock the feeder outside my study window. The birds came in big numbers when snow covered the ground. The children watched deer come to water just after dawn, and finally they began to make noise to awaken us. We shared our gifts and we ate breakfast together. Lois always made a special baked omelet for our Christmas breakfast, and we ate it with a tea ring Dorothy Hall made us every year. I walked Ginger back to the river, and I stood praying for an hour that seemed like a few minutes. The dark water ran through icy trees along snowy banks, and I made my way up to the top of the ridge to watch the beautiful white world on Christmas morning. <coughs> Where I stood, I could see the house and all that was most dear to me in the world within. I hiked down to join him, stomped off snow, and hung up my walking staff, and set down my in my big overstuffed chair. Lois, reading my mind, brought me a cup of coffee, and I settled in to wait for our guest and watch the children play with their new Christmas treasures. That morning, the phone rang, and our Christmas guest informed us that they would have to delay their departure, but they would never leave. A few hours later, they called, and they said they wouldn't be coming. Lois was so disappointed, and the children were heartbroken, and we had so set our hearts on guests for Christmas. All the preparation, the food, the decoration, and the anticipation, they were all for nothing. There was no one, no one there to enjoy it. When we began to adjust, but Lois had no intention of adjusting. A dark cloud rolled in over our home, and things really weren't happy in the house that night. <coughs> Early in the evening, I decided to get some fresh air. Look at the night sky. It was clear and cold and quiet. When I stepped outside and my breath lingered in the cold mist around my head as I walked, snow crunched under my boots and there was no other sound. Ginger came from her straw bed to walk with me in silent company and I carried a lantern, but I left it unlit. The stars stood bright in the Christmas night sky and I drank in their beauty and wonder and questions. There was only one neighbor in sight, and he lived in a mobile home up on top of the hill north of our place. I looked up to see if the light was on, glowed from the window, and I remembered last Christmas. Last Christmas, we were enjoying a wonderful Christmas time together, and Lois's mother and sister and family were with us, and we'd just finished opening our gifts that night and cleared away supper, and the phone rang, and I wondered who would call on Christmas night, but it was Andy, our neighbor, the one who lived up in the little trailer on the hill. And he and his wife were having trouble that night. He'd been drinking, and she left with the children, and he wanted to know if they'd come down to us to use the phone. It was a sad time when we saw the hurt and embarrassment and fear on the faces of the children when they came down, and the frustration in the eyes of his wife that night. And that year that she left, the children would visit Andy on the weekends. We struggled to keep work. He struggled to keep work, and he seemed lonely and unhappy most of the time. 
My frequent attempts to share Christ seemed to have no effect on him. And I wondered if he was home that night and if the children were with him. And so I trudged up the hill with an idea on my heart. He came to the door. The room was dark behind him. No tree, no lights. Hey, Andy, are, are you alone? Yeah, the kids were here last night. I, he mumbled, you, have you had your Christmas dinner yet? No. He said, our guests were snowed in. I, I mentioned to him, could, could you join us for Christmas dinner? No, I wouldn't want to intrude. Andy, I said, if you don't come, we're going to be down there alone with all of that food and nothing to do with it. So Andy ate with us, and then he walked back up the hill alone. And that night in bed, I felt badly for Lois, but I couldn't help but think that God really had other plans for Christmas Day than we did. And I prayed for Andy, but my heart was sad. I've seen the damage alcohol can do in the soul of a man. And Andy was far from God, and his heart was hard. And early that year, Andy moved away, and we never stayed in touch. And like so many people we've tried to help, I have no idea where he is today or if he ever really came to know who Jesus is.